following is a special presentation of the Benefit of the Dowd podcast. From Chicago, it's the Doubting Thomas podcast with Clifton Thomas and your host, Welcome to the Doubting Thomas Monthly Recap for September of 2021. It's October 3rd, and I'll be honest, we barely made it to this show as it is. It's been uh, it's been a bit of a challenge finding time for me and Cliff to find a way to record. So we've had a few uh, false starts, and I would like to apologize to the listeners about that. So, um, yeah, we've had a month, and... You know, uh, Cliff, well, first of all, let me start off by saying, hello, sir. How are you? Ah, uh, let me think about this. I'm stroking Don't my think chin. too long. We're already running late. We are running a little late. Uh, I feel like uh, a zombie right now. Mm. Uh, wondering if I uh, might have the, the dreaded uh, pandemic disease. Hoping I don't. I'm hoping it's just allergies. Yeah, but my brain is is dealing with it like it's uh, COVID, um, COVID brain. I mean, so. I'll be honest, you don't look good, but um, I don't feel I don't I don't feel like it either. Yeah, when, when my when my uh, streamyard name is a little sicky, you know. Yep, I'm I'm down in the dumps, but uh, you know, I'm glad to be here and and, and talk tech with you. And yeah, well, uh, you'll you'll tell everybody why in just a few moments, I'm sure, because we're on a special number. We are. It's a uh, it's something of a milestone. But uh, yeah, so let's just go ahead and dive right into it. This is episode number one hundred of the Benefit of the Doubt podcast. At least by ni- my numbering system, which may very well be off. I will be the first to admit that. I think Libsyn actually says I'm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in Libsyn right now. Let's just look. I think they said I was a couple numbers off. But uh, let me let me just uh, pull it up here. According to this, I have. Oh no! Uh, well, okay. So according to this, I have a hundred episodes listed. So this might be a hundred and one. But uh, but yeah. So according to Libsyn, I've got a hundred episodes in the can. So that means the one that released earlier today was actually a hundred. Either way, we're celebrating a hundred. Uh, so it doesn't it doesn't really. Well, if it's benefit of the doubt one hundred and one, it'll just be a basic bitch episode, and we can just it will, yeah. it will. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of cool being a hundred episodes in. You know, it's about eighteen months after we uh, after we launched. So we we officially the way it worked out was I was kind of doing episodes throughout the month of month of March twenty twenty. So, but none of them aired until like uh, the last week of March. I think it was March twenty seventh or something like that. So like we had I had I was doing episodes throughout the month of March just to kind of get my way get myself into the habit of doing it. Um but the first episodes went out March 20 something and we had four episodes drop that week and then every week since then with oh, give or take a hiatus or two. So um Yeah, I remember uh, that. I yeah. remember you had like four episodes in the can. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you actually launched. So, yeah, that's right. Yeah, those four episodes were M- Michael Fisher talking about foldables. Episode two was uh, Swan VR talking about uh, making a viral video. 
Um, episode three was how coronavirus was affecting supply chains, and <laughs> that was a bit. Uh, that was a bit of a fortune-telling episode. Yeah. Prescient, that's the word I'm looking for. And then episode four was a reviewer's notebook with David Amell. Hmm. So I should I should revive the reviewer's notebook. I mean, although I guess that's kind of beyond a doubt at this point. But um, yeah. So anyway, so we've got uh, you know the the show is evolving. I've got a couple of uh, of ideas that I'm working on for like you know new stuff to bring to the show. I've got a couple of video segments. Um, we recently launched uh, Behind the Curtain or pe- Peel Back the Curtain or whatever you want to call it. The behind-the-scenes stuff that I've been doing, and actually we'll talk about that in just a little bit because the first episode of that dropped this month. And, uh, yeah. But to get to start before that, um, I have, throughout the 100 episodes, there have been four outtakes that I've been, you know, sitting back and editing, and I'm like... And uh, something like, you know, something happened. I'm like, oh, that was kind of funny. I should save that. So uh, we've got the four outtakes that uh, that we're going to I'm just going to play them back kind of one at a time here. But I'm going to offer a little bit of context as to where they came from. So the first outtake comes from I don't remember which of these two were first, but this is just a short one. This is a um, when I was recording my iPhone review with John Rettinger back in December, we had some internet issues going on there and uh and so like right towards the end of the interview we had a couple of hiccups in the internet connection and this was the result of one of those join looking at the benefit of a doubt logo and while they are doing that let me go ahead and throw up some other graphics on here and let me let's talk about where we can find you on the internet so that people can come visit you and enjoy your awesome content And we just froze again, didn't we? Holy shit. <laughs> God damn it, Zoom. You had one job to do. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a short one. Uh, but it was basically just, you know, Zoom was Zoom was freaking out. And, I, was, uh, uh, I, was exper- I was expecting to hear the dulcet tones of John Redinger. Instead, I just got you cursing Zoom. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> I was expecting to hear the dulcet tones of John Redinger. So, yeah, that was a thing, like, where our my I think it was my internet. I think it was something on my end. But it was so bad, like, we both ended up turning off our our video feed. So it was just audio. So, like, and um, and I think at the time, that was, like, right when we were right when I was going to start up the YouTube channel. So I was thinking about making that into like a YouTube video. So that's why I was talking about the logos and stuff like that. So, um, but I did, I think it was the, you had one job to do that just kind of struck me as funny. So that's why I kept it. Uh, the next one, uh, the next outtake comes from our refraction interview with refraction AI. You'll recall that's the company that's doing that last mile delivery service. Um, I was speaking with the CEO of refraction and we were talking about, um, Actually, it doesn't really matter what we were talking about. This actually, this outtake kind of actually speaks for itself. So I'm just going to go ahead and put this out there. Um, I'm going to actually hit the pause button right now because uh, my backup recorder is about to die. So I'm just going to swap batteries real quick. So if you don't mind, just give me about 30 seconds. Should I hit pause too? Keep, no, keep your recording going. <laughs> okay. This is this is just the backup. So, And actually, this is the second backup. Zoom is my primary backup, and then this is my... This is my backup in case the backup goes crap. So if there's one thing that I have learned in the podcast industry, it is you can never have too many backups. You've got belt suspenders and then a little bit of doctor. And actually, I can't hear you right now because my audio is coming through the recorder. So, 
This is a real professional gig here, you can tell. I can uh, tell. Okay. Yeah, so we're back up and running now. Okay, so I've... Uh, so, I'm sorry, what did you say just now? I, I missed it. I said you've got belt, suspenders, and even a little bit of duct tape in there, keeping everything... Yeah, cool yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's like, it, it was... Um, I was actually uh, talking to another... Um, somebody who runs a podcast network, and we were just, you know, comparing notes the one time, and then he was talking about how he was looking to bring someone on full-time to be a podcast producer, and he was getting all these applications from all these people from the sports industry and all these people from the news industry that are all, you know, um, laid off right now because of the, uh, because of the thing. And I'm like, okay, well that's cool. But you got to remember that most podcasts are held together with duct tape and bailing wires. So like these people are coming from big budget places that have like, you know, that can do, you know, send people over to tape sync. So like, just keep that in mind when you're interviewing people. I'm, I'm just, I'm just waiting for somebody to come in with something to dab your forehead, you know, on a little, uh, on a stick to, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. High budget yeah, enterprise. Sorry. It's the, uh, it's the makeup ladies day off. So, okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was the second one. And like, and it was like that kind of interaction. And that was about halfway through our interview when it like really made me realize like, this is a fun guy to talk to. Hey, that was a really so. good interview, and it's funny actually. I mean, I just I was listening to uh, a podcast from uh, the Ringer Podcast Network, which is owned by Spotify, and it still happens even on these these like you were saying these pot. Well, you weren't exactly saying that, but even on podcasts that have a separate producer that's just listening in while the talent is doing their thing. And in this case, it was they had to start with the Zoom audio because one of the two hosts forgot to press record. Ouch. Yep. Yep. So for about three or four minutes, it was, I mean, it's fine, but it happens to the best of us. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. So this next clip is, it has you in it, Cliff. And, um, uh, Ooh. this is before doubting Thomas was a live thing that we were doing with Streamyard, or maybe it was, I don't remember. Um, no, no, you know what? No, it was live. Cause I actually do reference that nobody came on to watch it. Uh, so, but yeah, so, um, this was from April of 2021, where, um, as happens frequently during a Doubting Thomas monthly recap, Cliff decided he had to go use the little boys' room. So here we go. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Sorry, I'm being distracted by dogs barking in the background. And why do you think I was talking for so long just now? I, I tried to ca- I tried to carry it, and I was like thinking, like, oh, I think the dogs are done barking, so I can stop talking now. And then, like, right after I was on, hold on a second, I'll be right back. Let You're the one that in. bought a hound dog. <laughs> you dork. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> you dumb animals! You're about one bark away from being a Craigslist dad! <laughs> oh, it's a good thing nobody showed up to watch this. Just sitting here, waiting for the cliff to come back. Waiting for the cliff to return to his seat. Waiting for Cliff to come and sit back down and restart talking back to me. This is bad radio.
Did you, like, you get shot when you went off camera, or what happened there? Hello? Billy? This is live. Just so you know. No. Not talking to you. Talking to Cliff. Except Cliff's not there. So I was just, like, <laughs> talking to myself. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I don't know why I cut it off there. I don't know what what came in after you sat down. But, um, Nothing but yeah, as good so, as what was before. Yeah, so no, it wasn't you going to the bathroom. I apologize for that. It was you trying to go calm down your dogs. But uh, You're just so used to me leaving to go after I am five years see of you going to see you going and leaving and going to have to pee. But um, but yeah, so that was uh, like that was really just me talking to dead air, and I just thought that was we couldn't let that go without um, without honoring that. So, and then finally, the last outtake we have, and this isn't really an outtake so much, is when we're doing recording, when I'm recording with somebody, and I'm walking them through like you know, tape syncing is what the the industry term, where you record on both ends and then you combine it together. <clears throat> so we use various techniques in order to sync up the audio and make sure that my track matches with your track. One of which is we'll do a five, four, three, two, one clap. And the other one, which is I'll ask a question and then the other person will answer that question. And then based on the timing of that, we'll know that the audio clips are in sync. So with our latest doubt, uh, with our latest beyond a doubt guest, Allie Goldberg, um, naturally thing, since she is a comedian, Naturally, things took kind of a funny turn when I asked that question. So, um, yeah, so this is actually probably my favorite of the four outtakes. So let's go ahead and um, and play this one. And then what is your favorite kind of sandwich? My favorite kind of sandwich? I, I don't think I have a favorite sandwich. Can okay, I say like, peanut butter and jelly? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, like, I, so on the sandwich spectrum are they all equally good or are they all equally bad i think they're all equally good like okay uh, and this is pretty california of me but i love like very like artisanal oh yeah um douchebaggy sandwiches too sure you know yeah. what i mean so if there's ingredients yeah. that like like i'm a peanut butter and jelly girl and then like this has ingredients that i can't even name you know okay yeah all right, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. but I'm. So, yeah, I, I just I had to make sure that I wasn't on the online with a sandwich hater because no. if I was, like, my audience would just absolutely go crazy. Yeah, those people so, are disgusting. So yeah, that's yeah. 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 So um, that was uh, that was like uh, one of the more interesting turns that 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 tape sync question took. So yeah, um, I feel like there are like two different kinds of sandwich people on a basic level, though. And I, I had this discussion with my wife, and we aren't on opposite sides of this argument okay so are you the thick bread like more minimal uh, like stuff in between or do you prefer like a like less bread more meat whatever it is whether it's peanut butter and jelly but it kind of depends actually um like my my wife can't get enough in between the bread like when 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 I make her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I have to consciously think to myself, okay, that's as much as I would put on. Okay, this is a ridiculous amount of, of peanut butter on here. Okay, now I need to add a little bit more, and then she'll be happy with it. So, like, for <laughs> so me, she, I'm she actually... She likes the Dagwood. She like uh, Sure. 
Um, but like when it comes to something like like a subway, like I could go for definitely more meat. Uh, the San- the footlong pro, if you will. Um, but uh, but yeah, so for me, I could definitely go for more meat inside there. The problem is with like a lot of sandwiches is if you overstuff them, they start to fall apart. That's like true. the bread integrity can't hold up to the ingredients on the inside. So like. Um, you know, when it comes to like making a subway, like I usually get like a meatball sub and I'll always tell them put as little sauce on there as possible because when I eat, I don't want it to turn into a party favor on the other end, you know, (laughs) especially because most of the time when you're eating subway, at least during the pandemic, you're probably taking it home or eating it in the car, which it's had enough time. Oh, you can't eat subway in the car. Are you mad? So, you, but it's had enough time to be, especially if it's one that's been toasted or if it has hot ingredients. It's had enough time mm. for that humidity generated by the steamy ingredients to like soak into the bread. Yeah, yeah. And the only true. thing that's worse than that, as far as this, the like destroying a a fast food um, uh, sandwich or whatever you want to call it, is actually Taco Bell or tacos from a fast food joint. Because if you okay. get a crunchy taco and then you try to eat it in like 20 minutes, like if you got a little bit of a commute there, it's literally going to fall apart the minute you take it out of the wrapper. But yeah, mm. so so mm. my wife falls on the um, almost all bread spectrum. Like she, honestly, I could just give her a, a slab of bread with like, I could just, I could just let the meat be near the bread <laughs> okay. so you get a whiff of it. And then, yeah, she's all about the bread. And I'm, I actually, I just, I just want there to be a good balance, you know, so that, yeah, oh, so sure. that my mouth, I'm not parched. When I'm eating it, you know, I, I don't want to feel like uh, like that all the bread is soaking up the moisture from my mouth. But I don't also want so much that when you eat it, it goes, like you're saying, oh, a party favor out the other end. Yeah, like it just goes end, squishing yeah. out. This is good tech radio right here. This is uh, It is. It really is. And I was actually thinking, we're like 20 minutes into this thing. And, like, you know, we haven't talked about tech at all. <laughs> so we should probably, like, tech. get around to it. And, like, one of the first things that we're going to talk about is... You know, why don't we, I'll tell you what, why don't we do this? Why don't we change things up a little bit? Like, because we had a couple of behind the curtain episodes this month. We had the imposter syndrome with Cameron, and we had the worst part of your job with Joe Hindi. And I'm thinking, why don't we just skip over those for now and maybe circle back to them if we have time later? Because there was a lot of other stuff that happened this month. Oh, yes. Um, you know, and let's uh, let's just go ahead and start off with the iPhone event because honestly, I think that was probably the biggest thing to happen in the tech world. You could argue you could argue the Amazon event, but that episode is actually going out today, which is October. So this will be um, this will be fodder for the next uh, for the next uh, doubting Thomas, um, which will also be a special edition, yes. folks. So. You should definitely show up for that if you ha- if you are a patron at patreon.com slash benefit of a doubt. Anyway, um, so yeah, um, so let's talk about um, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the iPhone event first. And um, I've got the iPhone 13 Pro. I, I sold my 12 Pro and got an insane amount of money for it, so I was able to pick up the 13 Pro. I actually also picked up the Apple Watch SE. So, um, so I finally, and that again gets discussed in October. So, um, because I talked about that earlier on this episode as well on October 3rd. So, 
Anyway, but yeah, so we had the iPhone, we had the Apple Watch 7, we had the iPad Pro Mini, we had, it's not the Pro Mini, but I call it the iPad Pro Mini, uh, we had the ninth generation 10.2 inch iPad, which is basically the exact same as the 7th and the 8th generation, except now they have a, a slightly faster processor. And then uh, we got the iPhones, uh, the mini, the iPhone 13, the iPhone 13 Pro, and the iPhone 13 Pro Max. So, And we had Viper on. Viper is a fellow Chicagoan, and he is actually the MC. He actually was the, M- uh, the MC of Vid Summit that happened just last weekend. So that was kind of a big deal. And so like, he's, uh, he's really been killing it in the, uh, in the video creation space. But uh, but yeah, so like, what were your overall impressions of the iPhone event, and like, what was your favorite part of it, Mister Clip? You know, of all the tech that was introduced, I have to say, I, I felt like um, the iPhones were uh, needed improvements, especially on the battery side. But overall, it was very iterative. Which which you know, I, sure. I would say this is it was the talk if we're talking the TikTok uh, cadence that. Uh, that Apple, along with a lot of other manufacturers, have. Um, but I, they do look like great products. You can speak to that um, better than me. At the time, yeah. I was most impressed with the the iPad Mini. Or okay. I wouldn't call it the, 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 Pro, the iPad Pro Mini. I would call it the iPad Air Mini because... Yeah, well, same thing. No M1, <laughs> no. But yeah, it's got the, the, the iPad Air design language with the, the larger screen. Finally has USB-C. USB-C, has the A15 Bionic, whatever they're calling their... <laughs> and that has the fingerprint sensor on it, or was that yeah, the, yes. was that Face ID? I couldn't remember. Yeah, it was the No, it has the fingerprint sensor right. built into the power button. And, um, on the side. Instead yeah. of right. So yeah, it was um, something that's needed, and... and I'm not going to, my, my only thing about it, I guess, was that I, I felt like, I think it's, it starts at four ninety nine or five forty. Yeah, it starts at four ninety nine, which is, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it, it's, it's not a good value at that, at that price point, because I mean, power wise, it's got the, so the same updated processor that the, the new iPhone series has. It's not like it's, mm-hmm. the, you know, that you're not getting value for your money. I just... I don't know. <laughs> it, it's just kind of, it's kind of an oddball in the lineup as far as the fit because you have like the, the standard iPad, which by the way, can we talk about what other company could get away with basically having the same industrial design for like what Three like generations five years? Yes. <laughs> so like I actually no see I'm not actually mad about that because since it has the exact same design, you can still use the accessories that you bought for sure. the uh, for the iPad Seven, like the Zag keyboard that I that I love. You know, I can still use that in on an iPad ninth generation, which is actually why I very seriously considered selling my seventh generation iPad and getting a ninth generation iPad yeah. just to get the new silicon. I because I, I mean like. I think yeah, one of the main ahead. reasons for that is is because the standard iPad is used so much in enterprise and especially education. Yeah. For and and so yes, exactly the, the benefits so that kids, you're talking about, right? The yeah, same a lot of, accessories. A lot of kids and corp and and schools are going to have the like the bumpers for the iPads and correct. stuff like that. Correct. And they're not going to want to swap all that stuff out. So yeah, that's actually I didn't even think about that, but that's actually uh, that's actually a, a good point. So. But but yeah, I still just I I just. 
I, I understand why, but it's still, it still just it just tickles me a little bit. It doesn't make me mad. I just think it's funny. It's like, oh, here's the new iPad, same as the old iPad, except it's a little faster, and yeah. on to the next thing. It's not like they spent a whole lot of time on it. <laughs> the iPad is dead. Long live the iPad. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's table stakes for them, and I, I don't know how much yeah. the, how much uh, margin they have in it, in it and all that, but I guess it's, I don't know, with Apple they probably do, but it's also about volume, I guess, with that model. But yeah, I just it does look so outdated compared to, especially now with like even the, the iPad Mini having that updated, you know, slab-sided yeah. goodness, and so... You know, and, and I gotta say, I was real... The iPad Mini was actually my favorite announcement there, too. Like, So I want to play around with the cinema, cinemagraphic mode on the video of the of the iPhone, but really, that's about the only thing that's there except for like the larger sensors for like night mode and stuff like that. But like, but when, when it comes to like the iPad mini, that was actually probably the one big announcement for me that I was really interested in. I was a little disappointed though. Um, and I mentioned this during the interview with, with Viper, I was disappointed that they decided to pro it up or air it up so that they could, you know, just, you know, they could, you know, charge more for it. You know, if I wanted to get an iPad mini, I would want that to be somewhere around the same, you know, 300, 350 maybe price range, but starting at 500, that just feels like a little bit, a little bit on the hefty side. And like, and I'm not a hundred percent convinced. I should be convinced, but I'm not a hundred percent convinced that I could just go with an iPad Mini full time and not have the full size iPad. You know, because you know, especially if I wanted to, you know, create on the go or something like right. that. So I don't have a second generation Apple Pencil either. So I would have to get that too, and it would just be, it would just be a, a headache for me. Which is why I did not pull the trigger on that. Plus, I was also already kind of used up my budget picking up the Apple Watch. And, and <laughs> so. what you're saying there is, is such, um, if you're talking about like a larger sense, right? And I, I know we're probably going to discuss some of this later. But, you know, when you're buying a tablet, uh, whether it's a new iPad or if it's, you know, one of the updated surfaces or something like that, most of the mm-hmm. time, you're not just talking about the price of entry for the tablet itself. Because, yes, you're going to have those updated accessories um, that... Whether it's Apple or somebody else, but especially Apple, uh, you know, they're not, I mean, the Apple Pencil 2 is what, like a hundred bucks, 150? Something like that. Yeah. I I could, I I could look it up while you talk. Even a simple folio case is like 50 bucks. So, I mean, it's, it's a big investment. And the, the other side of that though is, especially with iPads, I mean, it's typically something you're holding on to for three, four or five years. Um, $129, by the way. (laughs) I mean, it's not out of it's not out of the price range of the com- competition, but I still just think it's golly, yeah, they're just printing money. <laughs> they are. It's really a little. It's really a little sick, and and especially when like from everything that I've read, Apple has not nearly been affected by the supply chain right. issues that other manufacturers have been. And whether that's um, attributed to, you know, Tim Cook doing what doing Tim Cook things or, you know, whatever, like, you know, just Apple, you know, I, I did Apple see something, something like this coming. So did they like just stock up or something? I like, I don't know. Like, I don't know where, why, I don't know how they're, you know, because the other thing that was surprising about the iPhone announcement was everything came out that following Friday, like normal, like, cause right. you'll recall last year they had the two of the phones were in October and two of the phones were in November. So, um, but this year they just dropped everything all at once, which was also a little bit surprising given the issues that other manufacturers have had. That is, 
That's a really good point. Yeah, that's right. I, maybe they just um, because because it is it has been. That's actually that was very out of character for Apple to have much of a gap between announcement and and shipping. Yeah, so last year. So yeah, I think they just were just trying to get uh, more into form. I will say that going going back to just the ridiculousness of of I'm going to talk about repair actually in this case. My wife has okay. a, an iPhone uh, 12 Pro Max, and she has cracked okay. the screen, which, given the fact that she has a severe case of droppy hands, this is actually, <laughs> in the, like, 10 years that she's been using iPhones, this is the first screen that she's broken. So really? I'm, I'm, okay. You know, I'm okay with that. And granted, I mean, she does have always have a thick case. I mean, she she knows that she has droppy hands, and so we, right. we, we prepare accordingly. But we took it to one of those kiosks in the mall today, and uh, <laughs> the guy, first of all, we got there a little early. And so we walk up, the guy's like got a, a phone apart and he looks at us and, and uh, she says, you know, hi, we're here early, but he goes, what kind of phone did you have? Great. First of all, you have to understand, you have to sign up. Like you go to their website, you put in all the stuff as far as like the, 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 the model, what's yeah. wrong with it. And then they give yeah. you this, they give you this uh, really broad like it could be this depending on what you have to do, which, which is ridiculous because for, from what I later experienced, she, he goes, Whoa. And I, Ooh. And he kind of looked around like, he, I don't think I have the part for this. <laughs> At least he, did, he seemed kind of unsure. And then really? he goes, you know, that's going to be $380, right? Ooh. And I said, well, the digitizer is not broken. It's just the glass. He goes, I know, but you can't order them like separately. You have to get, it's more like one piece. Right, three hundred and eighty dollars. That's a mid-range yeah. phone. That's almost the price of an iPhone SE. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, come on. That's a little ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, so you don't have Apple Care on those? No, I will the next time. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's the thing is, I did not get Apple Care, and I'm kind of wondering if like that's something. Because I actually saw on Twitter, if you get Apple Care and you pay like the the two hundred dollars flat fee for the for the two years, right. then if you sell the iPhone, you can actually transfer that Apple Care with the iPhone, and that actually increases the resale value. Mm-hmm. So instead of the eighty seven point five percent, maybe I'll even get like ninety percent of resale. So that's interesting. I'm kind of I'm kind of tempted. I've got sixty days to add the Apple Care, so I'm I'm thinking about it. Um, so we'll 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 have to see. But well, he, I always when I when I actually bought Apple computers, I will tell. This was back in the early to mid two thousands. I always added Apple Care because their warranty without it was ridiculous. I mean, it was yeah. like six months, like it was terrible. But right. one of the benefits was, and I, I assume it still, like, I, obviously, it still is the fact that if I was to sell it to somebody, the Apple Care actually transfers. It's, it it yeah. was a bit of a pain in the butt because you had to go on and fill out fill out like. A form forms and stuff like right that, yeah. but yeah it was definitely um if if you were somebody who you know wasn't planning on keeping the 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 device for a long period of time or just thought that you might yeah that's a great benefit yeah. to have so okay well okay so i don't want to get you know yeah into the weeds <laughs> we, I just... we we burned all of our time budgets on uh on flashbacks so we should probably uh continue on the iphone 13 Pro review is going to be coming in the next two weeks, give or take. Uh, I think I have that slotted for the four, 17th, I believe, is when my uh, when my calendar says it's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, so keep an eye out for that. It's going to be largely camera-based, uh, So because that's, like, one of the biggest uh, additions. Uh, the 120-hertz screen? 
can't see it. <laughs> but anyway, um, maybe maybe if you see it, Cliff, you'll have a you'll have a better uh, different take on it. But I cannot see the 120 hertz. So, uh, all right, so let's move on. The next, the other tech thing that we talked about this this month was your review of the what was it the Moto Edge that is the 2021 Moto was Edge it the, 2021 that is correct okay yes. I couldn't remember the exact branding of it but yeah so the Moto Edge 2021 um, are you still using that phone I have not used it since I reviewed it but I've also had some other phones <laughs> I've also had some other phones come in so it's that's not on, right. that's not on the Moto um, right. I will say if I hadn't been out of the um, out of the return window I would have returned it but you know so yeah I get it. Well, maybe you can use it to trade in for something. Maybe you can use it to trade in for a Samsung phone and get like $9,000 back for it or something like that. You know, yeah, that actually that's I would actually be surprised if Samsung actually even has it on their list. I think they do. Um for like the the Galaxy Flip or something like that. I hmm. think I you know, I doubt you'd get anything approaching retail value for it, but I want to say cuz there are only a couple of brands that Samsung had. Maybe I can't remember if it was Samsung or if it was Apple for the iPhone 13, but one of them had Motorola phones on the hmm. list. So I wasn't sure I, I I didn't look for specifically that one, but um uh but yeah, so coming up we can we can talk. I've got the Moto Moto G one hundred. It is yes. So that's that's coming up. It has a ready for package in here and a certain other little teaser here that if you're watching the video, you'll you'll see what I'm holding up. And if you're not watching it, then I'm not going to tell you what it was because you should be watching the video. That's well, you know, this works. We'll have to compare notes because that's one thing I have not tried yet. The uh, the Moto Edge twenty twenty one also also supports Ready Four. The Ready Four. Did mm-hmm. you get the, like the cable with it and everything? And like, did that come with it? Or no. okay. I mean, it came so with a USB C to, I guess USB C cable, HDMI I, or something. Or? I don't because I, I want to say this cable is uh, is USB C to HDMI. Yeah, it probably does yeah. require that now. Or or if you have a um, a monitor that supports USB C. Which means you have. Oh, a, that's yeah, that's possible. Yeah. Let me just. I'm just gonna pull this out here real quick. Yeah, so it's it's if you can see, it's got the USB-C on the one end and the nice. HDMI plug on the other end. That's actually got some kind of. Uh, oh, it's got the uh, it, that that is an active HDMI. Uh, okay, it's yeah. got that. It's got the like the little chunk <laughs> in between. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So anyway, oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's yeah. probably how they power a, 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 a larger. Or a monitor, probably, or a and like at the risk of really pissing off Juan Bagnell, I'm very, I'm not actually interested, all that interested in having my phone power my computer. Like ready for Dex, I really don't care. Like it, you'll notice during the uh, the S21 review, I didn't talk about Dex at all <laughs> because I don't care. I've got a computer for that, you know. Right. Um. You know. Whereas Juan Bagnell, he makes like all of his videos like on the phone itself and right. stuff like that. No, thank you. I tried doing that for a while, actually. I tried making videos on phones, and you know what? It's just a little bit too clumsy. And, like, maybe it's just me. I don't know. But, like, my fat sausage fingers couldn't get the accuracy that I would be looking right. for from, like, a Maybe if a you point. had, like, a, a Note or, or like, an S21 Ultra with the, the, yeah, uh, like the stylus or something. Maybe. But that's a talk maybe. for another day. 
that is a talk for another day. But uh, but yeah, so I mean, we did we did a back and forth on on the uh, the Moto Edge Twenty One. So I mean, like we kind of covered most of the stuff. Was there anything that we maybe didn't cover that like later on you were thinking, oh, I should have talked about that? Or I I will just say. <laughs> Even more so now, you know, now that I cannot return it, I'm I'm super glad that I got it for the four ninety nine introductory oh, sure. price instead of the six ninety nine price that it's actually priced at now. Um, mm. No, it's I, I will say get you know because I've actually used um, a comparable phone in terms of price. I have a, a Pixel five A, and then I'm actually actually I don't we're not under an NDA with the uh, Xiaomi. So no, no, that's already been announced. Yeah, yeah. So, so having so. used like the Moto, having used um, a few different uh, TCLs of of different mm-hmm. calibers, um, and so, so I, you know, I mean, it's a fine mid range phone. There's nothing wrong as long with as it. You price it's, it like a mid range. Right, phone. exactly. It's just, it's just, you know, that what the thing that I'll just say very quickly is that you know I had the and I and I discussed this in our in in our. Um, back and forth on it. And I think it sticks out to me more now than ever. It's not that it's a bad phone in itself, but when you compare it to the same model, like price wise and everything last year, the Moto Edge non-pro, it's just not, not as nice a phone. It doesn't feel as premium. It doesn't have the AMOLED screen. It has a worse camera in terms of the performance. It's just, I, I don't understand it. So I I don't, (laughs) and I really don't understand a lot of Motorola strategy right now with phones anyway. And I think I've said that multiple times, so I won't beat the dead horse. (laughs) That poor horse is just nothing but some skin and a a little blood on the floor. Now we beat it to death that much. Oh, poor horse. But uh, yeah, I I totally agree. But um, yeah, like Motorola, I mean, is like really doing well in the in the low to mid range space. Like that's kind of like their bread and butter, and that's what allows them to do stuff like the Moto Edge, which you know won't sell largely because they're pricing it wrong. Um, so like, yeah, and and you know, I have to wonder like where TCL will eventually end up in that conversation in that low to mid range com- conversation. You know, especially here in the states with other manufacturers like Xiaomi. Um, you know, showing up over over in you know Europe and and the west and the other Western markets. So, it, it remains to be seen. Like Motorola is still going to do very well in in those particular spaces. And spoiler alert, I've got a review coming up for Digital Trends for a budget Motorola phone um, in the next couple of weeks, if it ever gets here. But that's a different conversation. But uh, well, I, I, anyway. I will say this: that I feel like. Number one, have TCL being in this market, um, along with there are, and I know we don't normally discuss rumors, but a little bird told me that Xiaomi may be making moves to actually market devices here in the U.S. So we'll in see. In the U.S.? Yeah. Nice. That would be cool. Just, it was some kind of filings with the United States government. So we'll see. It could just be nothing, or they could just be, you know, setting up infrastructure for five years from now. But my point being that I am... With Motorola, not to say that Motorola is doing bad things with phones, but I, I, I feel like with um, the increased competition, maybe we'll see them step up their game a little bit. Yeah, I, You know, I would love to see Xiaomi phones in the U.S. Like, I've been... The few Xiaomi phones that I've had the opportunity to test out, I have enjoyed them quite a bit, you know, and they're always priced very well. Xiaomi has that... Do they still have that... Um, um, that... Uh, 
company policy where they'll only make like a five percent margin on hi kitty cat. Yes. Yeah. Um, five percent margin on phones. So I mean, you know, that's pretty cool. And especially if you can bring that to the U.S. Of course, once you add in like U.S. (laughs) tariffs and import taxes and whatever, there's probably still going to be over you know, $10,000 or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so like, I would love to see more Xiaomi phones in the U S and like one of the things that I always say when I report on Xiaomi devices is we'll never see it, but this is actually kind of cool, you know? So it is. And you know, um, they are, I think they just became recently the, either the number one or number two phone manufacturer in the world, as far as number sales one. by volume. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's impressive considering that five years ago they had like one phone. Right? Something like that, yeah. I mean, it yeah. may have been longer than five years, but it wasn't. I mean, it was. They've been around um, less time than like Oppo, uh, for example, as far as in making smartphones. So they're yeah. and and they are huge. And I know I've said this before, but they are a lifestyle brand in Asia. They, I have a bedside uh, lamp uh, from them. I have luggage from them. I, oh, that's rec- fun. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So yeah, I, you know, one thing they have that I really love to get. They have this cool little. Um, uh, drill that's that that's like USB C rechargeable and comes with like in a little like zip up pouch really? and it has little bits. Yeah, it kind Neat. of looks like those little handheld massagers that ha- that that have like the little hammer thing. On. Anyway, I've got I've got a drill that it, power that's powered by micro USB. It actually right. looks a lot like that. Just imagine it like that, but then like looking like it was designed by. Uh, maybe not apple but some it's got that sleek like matte black finish and all that so yeah they're just they're an interesting company um but anyway yeah it's weird you know what's weird about this ready for cable i was just pulling this out while you were talking like there's a usb-c port in the back of the hdmi plug interesting that's probably what is that for probably for well maybe for power um, maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's no other power cables in here. Or maybe anything. it supports a USB out or USB C out for um for monitors. Oh yeah. Maybe if you want to add mm-hmm. a, a second monitor to your phone. <laughs> Yo fam. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, but in, in fairness, uh with that with that other device that I held up and teased before, if you know, that would be three monitors for your phone. So yeah, we'll see. But anyway, I just thought that was kind of uh Thought that was kind of funny. I'm looking forward to the day that. when when your office looks like the Minority Report like display wall, right? I'm looking forward to that too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, all right. So just a couple other stories. In fact, you know what? Let me um let me go ahead and do some patron stuff while before we uh, before we run out of time here. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna do our Patreon shoutouts, uh, starting off with Cliff. As always, because Cliff is still a patron of the show, and love you, bud. <laughs> All right, and other $5 patrons are Zachary Palmer and Cliff Thomas, we already mentioned you, Josh Stone, Michael Kepper, Neil Wilson, and Scott Brady, and finally, friend of the show, Mike Hahn, BenderTube. Go check out BenderTube OG on the YouTubes. He's still building Legos. And that's a lot of fun. Speaking of which, I've got that space shuttle speed build that I really need to finish editing to put out on the YouTube channel. <laughs> I didn't realize you hadn't so. finished that yet. That's kind of fun. No, no, I haven't put it out there. I, the, the thing's been built since J- July 4th, but I haven't... Um, there are literal literal timber, t- tumbleweeds in, in your YouTube channel now. Just... <laughs> I know, I know, and I'm hoping to change. I'm hoping uh, we're. I'm hoping to make some changes very soon that will allow me to 
pay att- pay more attention to the YouTube channel. So um, hopefully we'll see. Fingers crossed. No announcements yet, though. So hopefully I'll have a personal news tweet coming up in the next few weeks. So. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so, all right, so thank you very much to the patrons for yeah. doing that stuff. That is all awesome. And if you want to be a patron, go to patreon.com slash benefit of the doubt or benefit of slash support. So uh, we had two pulling back the curtains um, this month. We had the imposter syndrome with Cameron Summerson, and we had what's the worst part about your job? with Mr. Joe Hindi. Now, the whole purpose of this is to give users kind of like a behind-the-scenes look as to, like, not just the Benefit of a Doubt podcast, but, like, just being in the tech field in general. So, um, you know, one of the things, the reason we debuted with imposter syndrome was, well, because Cameron was the first guy I got a hold of, but, um, like, imposter syndrome is a very real part of my existence. Like... (laughs) And, and and what was surprising about this is it's a very real part of a lot of people's existence in the tech space. Like, you hear about this all the damn time, and, like, nobody really talks about it. And, like, imposter syndrome, for those of you who d- didn't check out the episode, the, the Reader's Digest version is, it's the certainty in your head that you don't know what the hell you're doing, and any, and any minute... Other people are going to figure that out, too. And, like, they're going to point at you and say, you don't know what you're doing. Get out of here. We hate you. Go die somewhere. And, um, and yeah, so that's kind of like, that's like almost every day for me, to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, I've got a podcast that I've been doing for 18 months now. I'm making a full-time living off of writing in the tech space. You know, and I've and I've been doing that for shoot four years now and yet still every day i wake up wondering is this the day that everyone's gonna figure it out so it is it um, is the mirror image of fake it till you make it it is it really is Uh, or or maybe it's the natural component that comes with it because like maybe everyone's gonna realize that you are faking it and you're never going to make it you know like um yeah i'm not sure like what it's just it's such a it's such a pain in the butt to live with just oh. because like, it, you know, it's terrifying. It really is. There are days that it's like literally terrifying, like, you know, but, um, you know, we talked about like some things that you can do to like get past it, to like work past it. Um, Cameron mentioned that, um, um, that what was it Whitson Gordon, I believe it was that he was working with. Uh, hang on. I can look up the name. I don't remember his last name. I remember Whitson. Uh, yeah. Whitson Gordon. Um, that he was uh, that he used used to be editor in chief of um, of How to Geek, I think. And um, you know when he first applied, Whitson like replied back and said, "I'm so glad that you applied because you know I, I really love your stuff." And like, and he's like, to this day, I look back on that, and that's like what keeps me going. <laughs> like that's what you know m- m- works past it. He's, like he's the editor, affirming moment in a in a sea of doubt. Yeah, I mean, like, and he's the editor-in-chief of Review Geek, and he still deals with this. Russell Holly famously on, on Twitter mentioned that he, like, wakes up every day wondering if... And he's the managing editor over at CNET. I mean, like, these are these people are big deals. Like, I'm just me. Whatever. But, like... I mean, I, I deal with it. I, I don't have, um, through faults of my own, um, a degree in graphic design. And, and, you know, I've worked very hard to get 
to where I am. But then we had like I've, several times I've I've had, you know, a new coworker just come out of college, and I, I just have that feeling of like. I'm going to be called out because they'll have they'll have some thing that they'll ask me if I hey do can you help me with showing me how to do this and I'll be like I have no idea what you're talking about and then the right. next thing you see is me being thrown out the front of my work like GJ Jazzy Jeff on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> that was the first image that came to mind too, so I'm glad yes, you went there too. That's just that's something I think <laughs> about every day, and and I mean, you know, there there are some for me like I mean I do try to keep up with trends and stay up on my job, but it is. Yeah, I, I think it's more, I think in a lot of ways, it's like mental illness in that I think it's a lot more prevalent, especially like depression, anxiety, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff that is just not talked about that much. And it's healthy for especially yeah. people like us to talk about it, to to air it out because it's real and it's out there and I, more people than you know are dealing with it. Yeah, absolutely. And like, honestly... To my audience, if any of you are suffering from this and you want to talk about it, my DMs are open. So, you know, just reach out and say, hey, man, I feel like this, too. And like, you know, I, I you know, I'm happy to you know tell you whatever I can about it. Although my, the imposter in me is right now screaming, nobody's going to ask you because you don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, there we are. Well, so, and I, I do think. Because I think you and I share a, sense, uh, a, a similar sense of humor, which is that self-effacing sense of humor, right? Yes, yes. I that's... think that's like a component of it too. Maybe that's partly oh, yeah. Pers- yeah. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So like, I'm an idiot. I know that. <laughs> and but at the same time, like you know, I know I know what I'm doing. Like and you know, and I think I said this during the intro of that particular show was like, you know, I know for a fact that I know what I'm doing. But at the same time, I know for a fact that somebody's going to wake up and realize that I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And so it's like it's it's such a dichotomy. It's like it plays at odds with each other. If you wanna, ever want to hear somebody um, who is out there and, and, and has really made it like uh, not in our spit. Well, in media and, and is, is Conan O'Brien, who oh, yeah? is the king of number one, self-effacing humor. And and two, you know, he came in from being, um, you know, a, a writer on SNL, but really didn't have a lot of camera facing experience, a lot of interviewing experience, and you know, mm-hmm. was brought in to um, replace, I guess it was David Letterman. And okay, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so you know, he's 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 now retired, but even before he retired, I mean, there's tons of interviews. Uh, with him out there, probably or start especially like after he left NBC and started on, I guess TBS like ten years ago. Yeah. Just just go out there on YouTube and watch it. It's really interesting. He's also got a podcast, I think too, and I'm sure he's talked about it on there. So, um, yeah, if you're looking for a resource or somebody that you know really has made it and and has dealt with imposter syndrome times a thousand, I mean, he's he's definitely one of the ones that I, that first comes to mind for me. Um, but yeah, and then like, uh, the other thing that we talked about was with Joe Hindi, like what's the worst part of your job? And his was very relatable. It's the, uh, oh, there we go. It's the super long days that, that are associated with, with, um, you know, writing in this industry. And, and I would actually add on to that and say not only the super long days, but also the stuff that like drops and you need to get this out there right now. Like, um, you know, for example, um, when you have, uh, like, at Digital Trends, uh, just recently, when the Microsoft event came out, um, I wrote a news piece 
for that for the for the uh, for the Microsoft Duo, you know, right in the announcement right. of the Microsoft Duo, and we actually got an embargoed press release the night before, so I was able to you know write out that and like just get it ready, and then what we did was we just watched the presentation, right. and if anything changed. You know, if they happen to mention anything that wasn't in the press release, then we just went in and made that change really, uh, really quickly. So, like, in in the case of the Surface Duo, Microsoft announced that it was the world's thinnest 5G phone, and that wasn't in the, the press release, so I had to go in and add that, um, add that manually. Uh, so, yeah, so then there was that. And then, like, with the Amazon event... Um, same, same kind of deal. Like, you know, cause I'm, I freelance at, at digital trends. That's not my primary job. So like typically when news breaks, they can't, they can't rely on me because I've, you know, I'm working full time over at LifeWire. That's the other, you know, that's the main job that I have right now. So, um, you know, they, they approached me and they said, Hey, can you write up a news thing for the Amazon event tomorrow? And I said, well, if you have a press release, I can write it at night and then have it ready in the morning, and they're like, okay, well, yes, we do have a press release, so they gave it to me, and I was able to write up a quick news piece, you know, that evening, which was fine. I probably shouldn't have, because honestly, I had too much to do that night anyway, but, you know, I wanted to help a brother out, and I'm a workaholic, so what the hell. Um, but yeah, so like, when it comes to stuff like that, but there are times, like, I remember for, this was also for Digital Trends, yeah, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember what the event was, but like, we had some kind of event that was going on, and I was assigned to write something about. It must have been Smart Home because I wasn't working in mobile at that point. But it was like some event that they didn't give us a press release ahead of time, so we just had to watch the event and write the news as it went along, and that was just freaking terrible i hated that like because if i'm going to watch an event i want to sit back right. and observe the event i don't want to have to like try to grab details as it's going on but and then like you know the stuff with like what joe was saying was you know, like when you get you know uh like I, I think his was uh the a new beta for android 12 dropped and like he had to get a video out that day and so like he woke up at nine o'clock the thing dropped and so he had to like Download the beta, get it installed, work with it, find all the little stuff in it, write out a script, record the script, edit the script, shoot the B-roll, and, like, put the whole video together. He said, you know, he, he ended up saying it was, like, 12 to 14 hours worth of work that he had to yeah. do in one day. And, like, that kind of sucks. And that's the kind of stuff that you run into in this industry. Like, it's nice. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, um, and, like, the one, the one thing, the one message I wanted to impart is like the job that I have right now, the absolute worst day that I have on this job is a hundred times better than my best day on any other job that I've ever had. So, I mean, it's like, it's such an, it's such a relief to be able to work in this industry and like, you know, where, you know, you, you really feel like every day is like a good challenge and also you're learning stuff and you're also, you know, helping to inform other people about what's going on and, you know, playing with toys. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, there's a lot of great parts about this, but it's not all wine and roses. And that's, you yeah, know, that's I think what a I lot of people do have a glamorized vision of, of what it must be to be, you know, what I think sort of the, the one they'd put is like the the ideal thing would be like the tech YouTuber, right? And I, yeah, it's right. You know, I I I don't it's a grind. create YouTube videos, but I do for you know for for this podcast every once in a while I'll do audio reviews, and and it, even that's you know I'm I'm writing 
five minutes of audio is is what four thousand? No, fifteen hundred words or more. No, no, fifteen hundred words ish. Yeah, but, I know, would say about. I'm doing that, and then yeah. I'm editing it, yeah. and then I'm creating the audio, and then I'm editing that. <laughs> but um, you know, mm-hmm. for me, I I actually I will say being a graphic designer, at least in um, you know, the graphic designer is is, is such a huge um term as far as like uh you know what what it can mean it's so depends on the industry um but since i work at a resort in the marketing department uh, we had especially during covid i i definitely had one of those moments the other day i was it was friday and it was 4 50 i normally get off at at five o'clock and the county that my resort is located and decided to issue a mandate that any business that was open to the public, all, all patrons would have to wear masks. And so you can okay. imagine my, my, my resort is 11,000 plus acres. Right. And with a whole bunch of different apartments and things. Yeah. So basically I had to create an entire resorts worth of signage on Friday when I was getting ready to go home. And it was just like the drop. Oh, it was terrible. Sucks. And make sure that it got to all of the, the right parties because some things we don't have the capabilities to print there. So we have to find somebody to print it on a Friday afternoon, mm-hmm. which means we had to call people back in or go to a business and have them stay late, which means we have to pay like rates that are ridiculous. Yeah. Extra, it was just, but I yeah. mean, meaning it's just, yeah, we all have those kind of those days that are, are, are not fun. Right. So, yeah, mm. I would imagine, I would imagine. So, um, all right. Well, I think we have just about wrapped up everything that, um, you know, I did, I did want to give a shout out to our beyond a doubt guest, Allie Goldberg, who was Mm. a delight to talk to. She was a lot of fun. And, uh, if you haven't, uh, tuned into two girls, one podcast, it's, uh, it's a good one. I like it. Um, that's, it's part of my, uh, it's part of my regular staple. I skip an episode every now and then just because the subject matter doesn't really reach out and grab me, but. You know, it's fun it, and it's tech, tech tech stuff. So it's more about like internet communities and stuff like that. And you know that can be a, a whole new world by itself. Um, coming up this month, we have I don't have the entire month October. just yet, and that's mainly yeah, it's October. That's mainly just because I'm I'm like still trying to wrap my head around like everything that we need to get in here. And for now. I would like to thank Cliff for coming on, even though he's very likely COVID positive. <laughs> and um, I would like to thank everybody else for giving us the benefit of the doubt. <laughs>